Welcome to An American's Guide to Bollywood, where today we're talking about Tumbad, a horror movie about a man and a demon in his ancestral home. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is the last in our horror movie series, and this is a good one. It is. It's really different than anything that we have talked about before. Yes. And this feels, I was going to say like a Western movie. I mean, it definitely feels Western, but what it reminds me of most closely is Pan's Labyrinth meets like The Cell. There's a lot of, like the horror is this guy and the choices that he is making and he could walk away at any time. This demon is not like haunting his home where he is. He's choosing to go there because of a game that he is getting. And that he can't walk away from. Yeah, and the way the story is told, it feels very mythic. Yeah. Because I was gonna say fairy tale-ish, but it's like beyond that. It's a little too but gross it, for that, yeah, too. A little bit fairy tale-ish, <laughs> a little bit mythic. Yeah. I think so. And so when I say gross, I don't mean like Hellraiser gross, (laughs) but there's a little bit of body horror. There's a little bit of that. And that's why it puts it a little bit more beyond like in body horror than Pan's mm -hmm. Labyrinth. Yes, it does. And then, of course, there's the fact that the main character is terrible. (laughs) Yes, You just don't like almost anybody in this movie. Yes, and it's unusual for me to like a movie where none of the characters are likable. Same. That usually, for me, I'm like, well, <clears throat> I get why it's critically acclaimed. I don't want to watch it. Yeah. But it was it was really good. It was so well made. And it's so far from what Indian horror normally is. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is so critically acclaimed. And this is because it kind of sticks to that mythic feel. It's not... The same old thing of, you know, people are being killed off one by one. Or there's a ghost and it's possessing someone. We have to figure out how to do an exorcism. Mm -hmm. But it keeps the story really simple and streamlined in a way that you can really focus on what's happening in front of you. Yeah. It's still, you still don't know what's going to happen, even though there's not really a mystery. Past a certain point, there's not really a mystery involved. But the question is... Always, how are the characters going to behave? Like, what decisions are they going to make? Because you can tell they're offered two different opportunities. Mm -hmm. Which one are they going to take? And that happens over and over and over again. Yeah. Because every time, he doesn't have to go back. So, this movie is about a man. It spans three different time periods. It's all about the same man, though, just in three different stages of his life. Mm Mm-hmm. His mother is the mistress of the local landowner. So, he is the illegitimate son if that's the way you would describe it in india he's the the man's son and you know his mother the mistress's son yeah and there's a story that is local to that area about tumbad is the tumbad. name of the town which is actually a real place i know um it's i wonder a real, if they got tourism from this movie i think they probably did it, it, it was part of what increased the mystery about the movie Mm. when it came out. So there is a local legend that is about the goddess of prosperity who at the beginning of time 
gave birth to like an insane number of gods, over a hundred thousand gods. And in one hand, she holds all the food of the world, grain. And in the other hand, she holds gold, all the gold of the world. And in her womb is all the earth. And she loved her firstborn son, best of all. But he, Hoster, was greed incarnate, basically. And he tried to eat all of the grain and take all of the things. And he does manage to steal the gold, but he doesn't manage to steal the grain. And all the other gods get really mad at him and want to kill him. But his mother, because he's her favorite, decides to save him with the condition being that he has to live for eternity in her womb. And he cannot ever be remembered or worshipped or talked about on Earth. So that's the setup for this. And the ancestral home in Tumbad is supposedly where the door to the womb is. Or Mm -hmm. at least is related to Hostar somehow. Right, they're supposed to have made a temple to him yes. there. So the child hears these legends, but the family, he and his mother, wind up moving away. And then as an adult, he comes back to investigate further. Mm-hmm. Because Hoster still has the gold. Yeah. And that's what he wants. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so at its core, it's a morality story about one man's greed. But... It somehow never comes across as being, like, overly preachy. Maybe because they don't spend a lot of time talking about it. Also, past his mother, no one in his life tries to correct his behavior at all. That's true. There are so many characters in this movie that are doing the wrong thing, and no one is ever telling them not to. Everyone's experiencing greed to some level. Yeah, so it feels like, instead of being a preachy morality tale, the movie is happy to just be like... You can do what you want, but this is what happens. Yeah, this is the way it is. And they managed to tell it in under two hours, which I think was a good choice. Because I think the pacing felt right at the level it was. They didn't slow it down with a lot of extraneous subplots, extra characters. There's like a couple of song montages, but there's no singing and dancing. Mm -hmm. Definitely not for kids. It would be an R-rated movie. Definitely R. Like a hard R. Not for sex, necessarily, but... Necessarily, although... There's no nudity in it. Right. But it's just adult theme, kind of. All around, in every way. Yeah, and they didn't speed it up too much, either. No. It still felt a little little slower. And this is the type of horror movie, I think, that benefits from being a little slower. Exactly. It will set up atmospheric scenes, you know, where the time that's being taken is just to create the atmosphere that you're in. Yeah, exactly. And it's hard to feel like characters are really being given a choice if you see them make every choice too fast. So this story was written by, it's a short story, this is based on a short story by a Marathi horror writer, and who has written a ton of stuff, and actually he got the name... (laughs) Haster from a Stephen King short story that I had never heard of. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. The the sleep or else Haster will get you was from that story. Oh, okay. And the other interesting thing, I think, is that he actually tried to make this movie once before, but he didn't like the way it turned out. That's so interesting. Isn't that... It really shows... He just canned it instead of... Yeah. 
Wow. Now, to be fair, it may have been very low budget, so it may not have been... Yeah. But anytime you make something like that, most of the time you just want to get it out there. Like, you're just done with it because yeah. you put so much time and effort into it. Oh, I can't imagine making something twice like that. Yeah. So, and it was several years later that he made it the second time. But I think it really shows that he... He had he matured, I guess, as a writer, filmmaker, all of that, mm-hmm. in order to get, put a better product out there. Yeah, and that he had a vision that he really cared about for this movie. He saw, he knew what it could have been, and this movie would be so easy to screw up because it is oh, so simple. I know. The one thing I will say about it is you could tell that some of the effects were a little bit cheaper, but that's only toward the end. And I just think that it's a couple of choices that I didn't particularly like. I feel like. Um, some of the colors and, like, the brightness that some things were shown with kind of made it feel, like, a little bit like a 90s video game. But <laughs> that is just me. Yeah. Generally, the effects were quite good. It was just, like, one, a couple of scenes yeah. toward the end where I was like, mm, I don't love this. And it's pretty easy to get past. Oh, totally. It didn't change the way I felt about the movie. Yeah. <clears throat> um... Anything else? And this movie was critically acclaimed, as it should have been, nominated for film fairs and all that. Mm-hmm. So I, I really internationally too. Yeah, it did pretty well internationally, especially for an Indian movie. Yeah, and there might or might not be a sequel. They've announced no. one, but you know that was in 2018 after this movie came out. Oh sure. Now to be fair, Indians take a long time to make sequels, so it could still be coming, <laughs> especially with the pandemic and all that. Right. But I don't know. I don't think this director has really done anything else, sadly. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, he puts out more stuff because I would be interested in watching it. I think a lot of people would. Yeah, that's weird to me that he hasn't. It showed a lot of promise. I thought. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all for non-spoilers. We'll do spoilers after the interval. It's funny, this is a movie where I feel like so much of it is just spoiler sections. Like, even stuff in the beginning with the grandmother. Well, that's the thing. I, you, it's really better if you go in not knowing that stuff. Because, honestly, one of the most striking images in the entire film is the grandmother who, I think it's actually the grandmother of the super old lord, I think, is what she said. So this woman true. is unnaturally old. Mm-hmm. And what you first hear about her is that she's basically like a monster that is kept in a state of almost permanent sleep mm-hmm. through by saying sleep now sleep or else Hoster will get you. That's it. And she has to be fed basically in her sleep, like a mostly liquid, like she'll just eat it. Mm-hmm. And they have to feed her every day like this. But this is the setup, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, like what is wrong with this woman? Yeah. And when you see her, I feel like they didn't, it wasn't like overhyped. No, it was not. Because she was, was weird looking. Really, that makeup was really good. It was good. It was horrifying. And then when she's trying to catch him, when she catches him. Because mm-hmm. the little boy goes in to feed her. Right. When his mother's late. 
Well, his... Oh, that's right. His brother gets injured and his mother takes him to the hospital. Right. And, and she's she like, you have to do this. Yeah. And... And she's awake. She wakes up and he can't remember the name Hoster. So he's yelling all these different things at her, but she's like dragging him back to her chamber where she's like, I'm just going to eat you. Yeah. And... It is. It feels so much like a nightmare. You don't have a parent there. This thing is happening. You don't really know what to do. And, and she you is, can't remember the one thing you were told. Yeah, and she's grotesque and frightening. And like when she's pulling those big nails out of her mouth because her nail, oh. her mouth has been nailed closed. Mm-hmm. Oh man, so creepy. Yeah, it really is. But when he comes back later as an adult, she's still there. She's still alive, even though no one I think has been feeding her. Well, and I think this proves that, like, they didn't have to feed her. Mm-hmm. They just didn't know what was going to happen to her. Yes. When he comes back, there's a tree that's growing out from her. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny seeing that because I'm like, I don't really know what the symbolism is of that in India. In America, that symbolism would be related back to the garden with the forbidden fruit right. on the tree. Yeah. Which would be incredibly symbolic. Mm-hmm. But even in India, it may be seen as, like, even though this is not her grandson, this is, like, a ways down the line, he came from the poison tree, tree, the poisoned, greedy tree of this family. And her legacy is that she told him how to get it, and she shouldn't have. Yes. And she told him how to get it in exchange for him killing her. Now, what's interesting is, because he just wants to know where to get the gold. Where do I get into the womb so that I can steal the gold from Hoster? Mm Mm-hmm. But she does warn him. Yeah. She's like, I was the one, the reason this happened to me is because I was the one that was fast enough. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was sent down in there, and if Hoster touches you, you turn into, like, a terrible demon monster. Turn into this, yeah. And she says, you shouldn't go down there. It's not worth it. And what she asks for is death. And her Which life, of course, you. has been miserable this whole time. She's been miserable as a demon for much longer than she was alive. Yes. In the end, he does kill her. Setting her on fire kills her. But he completely ignores that because he's so focused on getting the gold that and he doesn't care about the risk. And he's yeah. super confident in his own abilities to be able to do this. And he's been... Focused on, he has always, even as a kid, obviously thought that anything was worth not being poor the way they were. Yes. And the mother was like, your brother died because of this horrible place. Mm -hmm. It is not worth it. Promise me you'll never go back there. This is, we're leaving. But... None of that matters to him. Because we even see his mother, what she's willing to do for a gold coin. Just the promise of a gold coin. Yeah. And she was also miserable. Mm-hmm. But she did it. And in the end, she wound up having to steal the gold coin. Because yeah. it would never be given to her. Yeah. But every character in this is affected somehow by greed. Except, I guess, the younger brother. But he dies really early on. Yeah, exactly. It's funny, when when he was like, oh, this is my ancestral home, like, he had legal rights to it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's hilarious, because I didn't actually think anyone lived there. Like, you never see any other villagers or, like, any village. So, as an adult, when he comes back and he's like, it's my ancestral home, I have legal rights to it, I'm like, oh, that didn't occur to me. I kind of just thought this was, like, a, an abandoned ghost town. Well, I mean, I think the mom said that part of the reason they were leaving was because none of the villagers liked them. 
Yeah, and now that the guy that. was dead. And to be fair, it's just creepier to not see anyone. It is. And he never lives in that house. He lives in Pune, and he just visits there to steal from Hoster. Yeah. Because it was in disrepair. So you can see that the family used to have a lot of money, but no one ever went in after. They possibly don't, no one knew after this happened to the grandmother um, how to do it, but no one has been getting gold coins since then. Yeah. So it's been two generations of gradual poverty. Gradual decline of wealth. Yeah. Yes, and the house is also, like, super creepy. I don't know why people build houses like this, where I'm like, are you trying to scare yourself? <laughs> exactly. I just, in case there's a ghost, I want it to make sense yeah. with the house. But the other thing is, because they built the temple to Hoster, it's always raining there. Mm-hmm. Because the gods are punishing them for building the temple. Yeah, because they shouldn't be worshipping him, or even talking, or writing about him. Right, and the town's theory is that the benefits from stealing from Hoster are worth the continual gloomy rainfall but it's also obvious that they haven't really been stealing from hoster lately so Mm -hmm. now it's just just the punishment the reward is never worth the punishment that you will receive and that's like early on that's the case they think it's going to be worth it and it's not obviously the town's not doing that well right and it never lasts as the reward never lasts as long as you think it will it never is as much as you think it's going to be. Exactly. Because they're left with the rainfall even after people aren't able to steal from Hoster. Right, which is the definition of greed. Like, it doesn't matter how much you get, you are going to want more than you get. Right. Because the main character, Venayak Rao, that's how you say it, he never just steals enough for them to get by in a working class existence. And it's never just to supplement the other income he's earning. He steals... Enough to make them wealthy and live a wealthy, luxurious lifestyle. And he doesn't work outside of that. Yeah. So he's taking the much more dangerous route. And he's constantly having to go back to steal more gold. And he's just getting older. I mean, eventually he's not going to be able to do this anymore. Which is why he thought ahead and he had a son. Yep. And he's been training his son. Doing little exercises like it's the military. Like... Climb up a rope, do all this stuff. He's training him. Yes. And the son knows it's to get ready for this. And the wife knows. Yeah, but they don't know what it is. They don't know what it is, but they know this is how he gets the gold. Yeah. His son also has a deformed foot, I think. Because it's always turned inward. One of his feet is always turned in. Oh, I didn't even notice. They never mention it. But I've noticed it when he was watching. Walking, I was like, his one of his feet is always turned in. Weird. Which I think maybe is why he didn't. He never thought his son would be able to do it, and he doesn't seem to like his son very much. Well, as his son said to his mother at one point, Dad doesn't like anything. Yeah. Well, he likes his mistress, all right. And it's funny, when the mistress first showed up, so he has this friend who discovers his secret, mm-hmm. that he's stealing this money from Hoster, and he's going to go and steal some for himself. It yeah. does not end well. And... But in exchange for clearing a debt, he gives him his own mistress, I guess, some woman he has acquired. Yeah. And at first I felt really bad for her, because I'm like, oh, you're just being bartered around like this. But she's actually also awful. Yeah, because she's acting like she's a meek little widow at first. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, that's so sad. And he, the guy's like, oh, she can, like, clean for you or whatever. And then, like, no, it was just so that she would be a mistress and... 
Also, she is horrible. Yeah, she's very scheming, and she's constantly scheming against the wife. The wife and the mistress are always fighting. Mm -hmm. I mean, the wife is also not a peach for other reasons. Yeah. But she is at least rightfully the wife. She came first. Yeah. And the mistress is living a much more luxurious lifestyle than the wife. Mm -hmm. But the wife is the one that's given him kids. Yeah. But he really seems to hate his own family, and the only time he ever seems mildly happy is when he's with his mistress. Yeah. So, his son, he trains up his son, and Mm -hmm. again, the son is introduced, and you're like, oh, buddy, you're just trying to earn your father's love, you poor little child. But man, when that kid steals those gold coins, the first thing he does is go and try and buy his father's mistress. Yeah, he's like, "Uh, don't worry, I'll marry you when I get older. Yeah. Creep and a half. Yeah, it's bad. Um, and that smile that he smiles up at her, I'm like, I oh my gosh. I know. And and you're like, well, of course he's like that. Right. Look what his dad has taught him. Totally. It would have been a miracle if he wasn't like that. But, it, you know, in the end, there's no one left in the movie that you can like or feel sympathetic for. Yeah, it's the son, ultimately, who's redeemed. Right. It comes full circle because... The father starts out, he would do anything and take any risk to not be poor. But then at the end, the son won't take the gold bag that's being offered to him because he can see that nothing is worth that. Yeah, because his son comes up with the idea of why can't we just steal Hoster's loincloth? Because you have to steal it, you have to release, you have to pull down his loincloth so that the gold coins fall out of it and you snatch up the gold coins that have fallen out and you run away as fast as you can from the womb while Hoster's eating the grain you've brought him because he wasn't able to steal the grain, so he's eternally hungry. Yeah. And so you can only take as much as you can snatch up and then run up the rope to leave the womb and uh, before Hoster gets you because, again, if Hoster touches you, you turn into an awful demon monster. Yeah. So the son comes up with the idea of stealing the loincloth by bringing a bunch of doe men down there Mm -hmm. to distract Hoster one after another. But instead, Hoster multiplies to be the same as the number of doe men that have been brought down. Right. Their greed has multiplied the demons. Yes. And this, of course, ends disastrously. The father winds up up getting touched while stealing the loincloth. And so he's offering Hoster's loincloth, which... By fairy tale mythic logic would mean eternal wealth. Right. Because even though it just looks like a small gold bag, it's always got right. It gold should always have it. gold in it. And that's what the sun turns away, which is even more. I mean, I'm sorry, it's the practical side of me that's like, you should take the bag of money. I know. But <laughs> I like, know. He's already, your father has already turned into a demon. Exactly. But instead, he burns his father and loincloth. Yeah. And and interestingly, his father seems to be honestly caring about his son's future. So that's the interesting thing. It. The one the one thing that is redeeming that the father ever does is he he actually protects his son. Yes. So he knows that he's going to die. Yeah. He knows that he's going to get turned into a horrifying demon. He is just hoping that the son can get out too. Right, cuz he doesn't throw the sun at them, and then, like, run up the rope, which I would not have put past him. I wouldn't have put past him. The first time he brought him down there, and he's telling him what it's going to be like, and I was like, oh, no, you're just going to use your son as bait, but he actually didn't. Yeah. That was surprising. Which says something about the character that they set up for him. 
That this was like something that we were like, oh no, don't sacrifice your son for all this money. Because the entire time he's bringing his son there, he's like, oh, you're just awful. You're never going to be ready for this. You're just a weight on me. And I'm like, buddy. I know. He's like, I think I'll probably be going home alone. I know. Don't imagine why your son is the worst. Yeah. But in the end, the cost of the greed is too great. And the son is the one who finally turns it away. Mm Mm-hmm. Which was not, I mean, that was exactly the type of ending you would expect for a fairy tale story like this. Yeah. But I think they really sold it convincingly. They did. And we never hear a long explanation from the sun. We don't see the aftermath of what happens when the sun goes home. That's it. Um, But that's really all you need. Yeah. The one thing I didn't love, like I mentioned, it was the CGI of the goddess's womb. Yeah. The red was too vivid, I think, for me. It was a lot. But Hoster was definitely super creepy. Yeah, he was. So they did a simple, good job Simple, but that. creepy. Yeah. Probably creepy because he was simple. Right. Yeah, there's no smoke and mirrors. You see Hoster yeah. crawling around on the walls. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was really good. And I would definitely see another movie by this director, and I hope they do a sequel. Because this was a period piece, so you could see it being about the sun growing up. Yeah. Or somebody else in modern times discovering this secret. Yeah, exactly. So this, since this was the last of our horror movie series, we will be starting a new series. And I know that everyone, that it was, the horror movie series was so light and <laughs> frothy that everyone wants to get down to some hard, serious topics. I'm, I'm ready to get depressed. Well, good, because we're going to do a series of terrorism. Yay! Obviously, terrorism is a big ongoing problem in India, so they have done quite a few movies about it. Much more than you might expect as an American watching Hollywood films. Yeah. And when they are doing movies about terrorism, we're not, we're not going to be covering the movies that are action movies that happen to use a terrorist as the villain. We're going to be talking about actual movies about like, serious movies about terrorism. So, we honestly, right off the bat, let me just say, we did consider putting Main Hu Na on this list. If you're interested in Bollywood movies about terrorism, you should probably watch that one. But honestly, I just don't know that I can watch it. Yeah, I don't want to watch that movie again. It is worth watching, and... It's by Farrah Khan, so it's the director of of Om Shanti Om, and it stars Shah Rukh Khan. Right, and the songs are great. Mm -hmm. Um, The aesthetics are, I mean, Buffy the Vampire Slayer times a million. Set at a college. With Shah Rukh Khan pretending to be a college student. Where he's going undercover as a college student. It's... There's a lot in it that you're like, oh, no. Also family melodrama. Family melodrama. There's a lot going on. But it was influential as a movie, um, especially in how Indians were encouraged to think of Pakistanis. That's So, there you go. That's my blurb about Main Huna. It was a big deal movie. Got great songs. We're not going to watch it with you. We will, however, be watching a Shah Rukh Khan movie with choreography by Farrah Khan as our first movie, Dilse, which is from the 90s, late 90s. All right. And it is about Shah Rukh Khan who meets a beautiful but mysterious woman. It has elements of, like, experimental filmmaking. 
which I like. Oh, right. It makes it a little bit different from a lot of the other terrorism movies where it's just very straight, like, a terrorist is going to do this thing and someone must stop him. Which brings us to our second movie, A Wednesday, which I think is kind of an interesting movie because the main actors are older. So oh. this movie stars Nasir Adun Shah. Oh, I love him. Anupam Kerr. Yeah. It all takes place in one day, a Wednesday, and it's about a terrorist who is going to set off bombs unless the police commissioner can stop him. Then uh, the next movie is Fana. I actually know how to say it. Fana. It is an American movie and Kajal, and it is a romantic terrorist thriller. The, Again. My favorite kind. I know. Well, good. You're in for a treat because uh, Dilse and Fana are both that. Good. Amir Khan and Kajol meet in a city and they fall in love. But then terrorism happens. <gasps> Drama. Next will be Madras Cafe. Said John Abraham, I see. That is John Abraham. Oh, get me there. <laughs> Which is set during the Sri Lankan Civil War. And John Abraham plays a military man who is in charge of an Indian peacekeeping operation. Very serious and hard-hitting. And then, finally, we're going to end with a movie that I think has kind of an interesting perspective on terrorism, which is a legal drama called Mulk. And it is about the family of a terrorist. That is interesting. One of the last movies Rishi Kapoor ever did. Yeah, so it's about the effect terrorism has on people other than just the terrorist and the victims. Mm-hmm. And I think it brings up some interesting points. I like it. So, again, next will be Dulce, and that is available on Netflix. So we'll see you next time on An American's Guide to Bollywood. For more of An American's Guide to Bollywood, go to guidetobollywood.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.